Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and tonight I'm joined by Ernest Watts and Chris Dangyo. And yes, we've been consumed by March Madness. Yes, we're going a little crazy with so much basketball. And what the heck about this year? So many upsets, so little time to talk, and so we're going to get right to it. Ernest is down there in ACC country in Rockingham, North Carolina. What's going on with the ACC, Ernest? First of all, this is just a, a down year before we talk about what's going on with the Big Ten for me and for Chris out there in Denver, Colorado. But first of all, Ernest, you're down in where basketball territory. What's going yeah, on? What's the latest hubbub down there? I was going to tell you, we do have twice as many teams as the Big Ten. Oh, that took, okay, 16. folks, that took a minute and 38 <laughs> seconds. Well, since you say it was a down year, and, and maybe because... And I started uh, so professionally, and then Ernest just went boom, I know. Boom, boom, boom. And maybe, maybe the fact that Michigan's going to face an ACC school on uh, Sunday, maybe that's what brought that out of you, you know, bashing the ACC. It was a down year. I mean... It goes without saying. Everybody's shocked by the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, so North Carolina yeah. lost uh, when in this? <laughs> we may we may lose three players transferring out. It's it's a lot worse than that. We have one player already transfer hit the portal. But from what I understand, this next year is going to be out of the Wild Wild West. You're going to see as many as 300 players in the transfer portal, and and those seniors who don't have pro aspirations can come back for next year on scholarship. So this this is going to be the most interesting off year for college basketball. It's going to be almost like the NFL. And which coach is the transfer king right now as far as transfers? It, it's strange because guys are going to have to look and see what's already there before they transfer. I'm sure Calipari and Kay are going to line up pretty well. Auburn is going to be a school you're going to see gets a lot of. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the so-called outlaw schools, LSU, uh, Arizona, Kansas, they're going to load up also. No, I'm saying right now, Jawan Howard is the hottest thing. He has NBA cred, and the reason he's gone this far with his best player hurt is he's got two awesome transfers, and everybody's watching it. So the thing is, he's already got a great recruiting class, and you're right. Some guys might say, hey, there's not enough playing time for me to go no. there. Yeah. You guys who leave or transfer out, the usual the reason is that they don't get enough playing time or they don't think they're being used appropriately. So they're going to go somewhere where there's not a starting center, where there's not a point guard that's starting. They're going to go somewhere where they think they're assured of a starting position. So it's it's going to be, like I said, this is going to be the Wild Wild West. This is going to be the most unusual offseason for college basketball we've ever seen. Mm. Well, I bet you, I bet you, Juwan could probably pick up a point guard because our point guard, I think, is he's a he's a senior. He's graduating, right? He's not going to be around next year. Right. Yeah. So I Eli mean, and they're probably gone. and they're probably not going to pick up a put a true freshman into that role. So I mean, it just doesn't. It's probably a, a perfect opportunity for a transfer. Sorry, I digress. No, you it, don't. It, it, it's good. It's one of the true freedoms that players are going to have for real. College players usually don't because there's no there's no setting out a year when they transfer oh. to play the next they'll be able yeah. to play next season. So this is no, is this the first year for that? And I'm maybe I uh, missed that. It was a case by case situation up until this year, but because okay. of COVID, they're allowing guys to transfer and immediately play or for come back players. for another year too, or come back for the senior year. So this will oh, be wow. Wild Wild West. It's 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 going to be 
unusual and strange, which at the same time, you know, the players have are meeting with Mark Emmett, who is the head of the NCAA, because they're upset. Dun, dun, because dun, if you dun, see dun, a lot of the commercials, dun. they're using video of the current players to sell pizza and beer and everything else. And they've kind of, you know, slowed down the process of the right to use their image and get money, get, uh, compensation back for their image being used. And that was, uh, the NCAA agreed to that 18 months ago, but I haven't put it in fact in agreement yet. I know you're waiting for my pay to players rant. I won't do that. We'll skip that. But he's just trying to avert your eyes from how bad the ACC was this year. <laughs> yeah. And like, Oh, they two teams. that's where I was teams. trying to go, Chris. You're right. Cause North Carolina lost Wisconsin. 85 to 62. When was the last time North Carolina lost in the became, first round? Uh, well, Roy was 29 and 0 in the first round between Kansas and Carolina. Oh my last gosh. time they lost was 1999 to Weber State. Jeez. And Harold Arsenault scored 42 points, uh, a game that was in Boise, Idaho. See, this is what I was worried about you, Ernest. You've always been in like the Sweet 16, and this year. I was worried you didn't get past the first round. I was going to have to call, you know, for intervention. Or last year either. Well, it wasn't last year either. So two years ago. <laughs> so it's been two years. Uh, it's a young team, and again, like I said, college basketball that the, the whole environment's going to be changing this next year. It's going to be really. Wow, fun you're to so see. mellow. Are you on something tonight? Are, are you drinking something that's? To calm no, you down, no, melatonin I, or something? I, 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 I sent him some of that Rocky Well, you got to remember, the other bad news I got to deal with is my star player from my the pro team I root for uh, broke his rib. Uh, Lamelo's out. So sorry, man. Right now, it's baseball season. I'm ready for baseball. <laughs> Let's move on. But, huh? then, uh, but now I think there's going to be some good matchups. I mean, I, I look at the Sweet 16, and I think the, the Michigan-Florida State game, you got Florida State, which plays 10 guys. And everybody is six foot five or bigger. They've got a seven foot two center. That's going to be a great matchup in that respect. I think Alabama UCLA. UCLA has some great three point shooters. That'll be good. USC and is, Oregon. Is, is, well. is, is UCLA? This is a this is a question for the the group. From a guy in Pac twelve country. But go would, ahead. Would you would you would you say uh, UCLA is a Cinderella team? Now, as long as Loyola's still playing, but they're they're a playing team. Yeah, yeah. But that's traditional. UCLA has tradition. I mean, oh, I know. That's just it's just terrible that that you actually had to sit there and think if if UCLA was a Cinderella. So team before we for get all the to history the, that they had, <laughs> yeah. Before we get to the Sweet Sixteen, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think was the biggest upset so far in the tournament? Because obviously, there's been more upsets than normal. I think it's because they're playing under less fans and just a different year. But, uh, Chris, what do you think has been the biggest upset so far? I think uh, not only Oral Roberts winning against Florida, I'm sorry, uh, Ohio State, because I think I, I think there's there's so many of these teams that we've seen it the last couple of years. They're just the, there's a, there's a, these older teams. They're they're able to compete with a little bit more talent because they have more um, just they're smarter, they're smarter teams, but then to, to win against Florida, I think that was, that was huge, um, to win those two games and and come out, uh, victorious. Uh, I think either one of those games was the biggest upset. 
of the entire uh, bracket. Mm. Do you think they have a chance against Arkansas, Chris? Yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, <laughs> they took they took down a, a, a very good Ohio State team and Florida, and I mean, maybe maybe they you know. Um, you know, Arkansas has more time to, to study them a little bit, so maybe they don't, but I mean, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. They, they got a chance. Let me ask them a question first. Okay. Chris, do you know, do you know who Oral Roberts I is? I knew this was coming. Okay. I knew it was. Go ahead, right. Ernest. Explain who Oral Roberts well, is. Chris knows. No, I don't. Isn't it? It's, it's in Oklahoma though, right? Yes. Tell Salker. Oral Roberts yeah. was, a. Uh, probably the first true televangelist. Yes, definitely. And he had a slogan, and it's actually printed on the home court. Expect a miracle. And that's the deal with this team. He used to, he was a healer. He would lay hands on people and heal them from the physical illness. But uh, to me, the biggest upset, is I'm prejudiced because the, the team I picked if it Final Four lost was Oregon State beating Oklahoma State. I mean that that was really one that shocked me. The Texas loss too, especially in awesome. house. The Texas I think a lot of this has to do with teams kind of played most of their games in the conferences. And I think this is really true for the the, the Big 10. Okay? I'm going to give you Big 10 excuse Paul. I think they kind of cannibalize themselves. <laughs> Because Are you talking the, about the movies level, here or real life? Well, real life. I think the, the idea that they, they played against such a high level of competition the entire year long, that these teams were physically beat. Mm. And it kind of showed when they – I mean, the ACC in the 80s and the Big East in the 80s used to have the same thing. They used to beat themselves up, and they'd get to the NCAAs and lose in the first or second round because physically they just just beat themselves up. I think that's the Big 12, too. I think it's just the level of competition, the length of the season, and, and they just didn't adjust that well. Could and it also be the refs? Because I think there's a different uh, – Big Ten refs are – I think they just – especially in season, they just – you know, they ref it a little bit Let different. Let it roll. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Now, since Chris didn't listen to last week's podcast, <laughs> because I just – here's the problem. You got a billion dollar industry that has localized subcontracting for the officials. So your Big Ten 12s officials tend to allow more physical play, whereas the Pac 12 officials tend to call touch fouls. Instead of having national officials, because we got one that we really dread here in ACC country, TV Teddy Valentine, <laughs> who, who really likes, knows where the camera is on every call. He's always looking at the camera. Instead of investing a little of this billion-dollar money they're keeping in Indianapolis at the NCAA headquarters, they could have a regimented, universal officiating crew that calls the same for every conference. But no, this billion-dollar industry, which tends to line their own pockets and not pay for quality officiating, or that much, even weight rooms for the women's tournament. That's another Oof, speech for another yeah, time. Geez, or yeah. even even feed them at the same level the men's tournament is going through. They nickel and dime stuff like this. And that's I mean, dominoes is dominoes. I mean, this is the problem. Because of that, that's why you get such un- – and again, the officials aren't picked because they're the most competent. It's not like the NFL – where the best officials officiate the playoffs or the NBA, 
No, they just they you had it last year. You're not officiating this year. All right. So Ernest, you said that the biggest upset was Oklahoma State losing, right? Correct. Correct. If I say that correctly. So we haven't talked about Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Yes. Who who cares, right? But or is it the Zags or is it the Zogs? Yes. Who, who have they've who, been cruising not, along, no problem, and they're coming up on Creighton, which is pff, that's not even going to be close. Yeah. Um, so what is the most interesting Sweet Sixteen matchup? And I'll say them out loud so the listener, in case they're driving, can be refreshed. Gonzaga against Creighton, uh, USC against Oregon. Michigan against Florida State, UCLA versus Alabama, Baylor versus Villanova, ooh, Arkansas versus Oral Roberts, expect a miracle, Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State, two underdogs, and Syracuse, say one more time for the Bayheims versus Houston. Chris, what is going to be the most compelling matchup on the 16? Even though I'm a Michigan fan, I, I, I do think that, that Michigan-Florida State game is going to be very watchable. Um, it's not going to be a blow. I think it's going to be close, unfortunately. But uh, I think that's going to be a fun, fun, fun game. Did you watch the last game against LSU? Oh, yeah. Actually, I came in. Uh, I was I was coming home from uh, picking up my daughter from daycare. And so I came in and it was like 20, you know, mid 20, somewhere around there. It was tied. And I'm like, oh, and then they were talking like, oh, Michigan's finally turned it on. I'm like, what? How? I guess they were terrible to start off. But I mean, they, they was, it was a fun game to watch overall. It was a battle. Ernest, which Sweet 16 matchup do you think is going to be the most watchable? Before I get to that, let me tell you, I've watched Florida State play about 10 games this year. And they are deep. And you got Scotty Barnes, a freshman who plays like a point forward. He's six foot nine. MJ Walker is a do it all six foot five point guard. Uh, Cover Vika is the seven foot two center. Raquan Gray is he's, he's like six ten, three hundred pounds, and he brings the ball up. I mean, they really go 10 deep. They, they it if Michigan beats Florida State. And then you got to face probably Alabama. Alabama, yeah. That's, they're going to earn their way to the Final Four. They, oh, totally. Um, now, Houston, uh, Ernest, Derek, Ernest, go ahead, Ernest go ahead. quick question. Quick question. They played, FSU played uh, Georgia Tech in the ACC championship, correct? Right after uh, Georgia Tech got a day off because of COVID. That's right, yeah. So – out of the 10 players, how many, you know, who had the most turnovers out of those 20 turnovers they probably, gave over to, probably to Georgia Barnes. Tech? They, they, they turned the ball over. <laughs> but defensively, they set up a wall. I mean, they're a hit and miss team. I mean, they're not consistently good. But talent-wise, they have at least four NBA players. I, I think say Chris easy. hit the key because when Michigan was playing LSU, LSU didn't have any turnovers in the first half, and then all of a sudden Michigan turned up the defense and they started to fall apart. So, Ernest, so you think the Florida-Michigan game is the one you want to watch the most out of those Sweet 16? No, I was just uh, I was just expounding on Chris's. It's going to be interesting to see Houston, a team that lives yeah. on turnovers against Syracuse in the matchup zone. Buddy Buckets. Yeah, Alabama and UCLA. Alabama, a team that loves to run. UCLA, a team that loves to shoot. 
SC and Oregon, which have met each other, SC has two big men, two seven footers who can shoot three points. They're stretch ones. Uh, I mean, there's great games in here. I mean, the the only dud I think is Loyola and Oregon State, and I love that mustachioed center for uh, Loyola. Uh, <laughs> he was and he was a freshman on that uh, the final team that went to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. It's just a question. Sister Jean's a hundred and one. Oh I mean, my if she's gosh. ever gonna she's ever gonna see a championship. I mean, how many years can we give her to come back? Jeez. But she did get her COVID shot, so I guess that's good. Is it sort of a weekend at Bernie's? My question, I'm, she's really I'm not surprised there. that guy. I'm then they're propping her up. Go ahead. Oh no, I was I was surprised that coach hasn't gotten I'm sure he's gotten other opportunities, but I'm surprised he hasn't taken one. Uh, he seems to be happy there. I mean, they pretty much, they win the conference every year. They just haven't been, they've lost the conference tournament the last, well, two years before and three years before. So it's, it's, uh, again, you know, I still think, and sorry, Paul, I think we're going to see that Baylor Gonzaga matchup, which we were supposed to see in December that was canceled because of COVID. I mean, aesthetically, there are two great, you know, Baylor has four guards that will go in the NBA. And then they're defensively, they just shut teams down. Gonzaga's front five, uh, their point guard's probably going to be a top five pick this year. And their center, and I just, this is for all your South Park fans, Timmy has just got some of the best footwork I've seen in a long time from a college center. And Crispit is just lethal from three points. He reminds me of... Uh, uh, Jason Capano used to play for UCLA years ago. He just never misses from three points. Mm. All right, Chris, which team have you been the most wrong about? I'll start with this before and give you some time to think. It was Illinois for me. <laughs> I had Illinois going to the Final Four, and, boy, they got exposed. They were just didn't have the poise to overcome adversity. That's one of the things I like about Michigan is they seem to have different players step up when they need it. I don't know if Michigan's going to win it all, but I like the character. Illinois' talent was there. It just seemed like they couldn't pull it all together. So, Chris, which team were you the most disappointed in? Yeah, I had actually, I, I'm going to, I had Illinois going, actually winning the whole thing. And so that was, that was fun. Uh, but I think to uh, my second team, that kind of screwed me. And I think that I had them going to the least the Elite Eight, maybe getting beat by Illinois, uh, Ohio State. Um, I thought they were going to be dangerous, uh, and they just laid a complete dud. Ernest. I already alluded to Oklahoma State, but I think my biggest surprise, and everybody's biggest surprise, is how well the back 12 was done. This, you know, everybody's been, you know, let's drop them from the elite five conferences, and they've, you know, they came halfway across the country, have no problem playing in Indiana, and have been, you know, outside of Colorado, they've won every game they've played. And it's truly been amazing. And I don't know if it's because these guys have played among themselves and it's been 11 o'clock games all year long. And I've caught a little of SC and, and UCLA, but I got to, you know, Oregon just destroyed an Iowa team that everybody thought had was going to be a Final Four team. Well, hey, was, they, they had an extra day of rest. Couple days yeah, of rest. That helped. I mean, but then again, and let me throw a stat at you that that you may not be aware of. Stat of the day. Gonzaga has won twenty five games straight by double digits. 
Jeez. And that probably will that again. That is the kiss of death, Ernest. You uh, just okay. did that. They're just in a soft Boom. conference. Yeah, upset soft now. conference. Hold on a second. They, this year they played Virginia. They played Kansas. They played Iowa. And whatever big school. I'm trying to remember. But they've played some pretty None of those schools made it out of the first weekend. Well, yeah, but they were top. They were at one time top. I know. Yeah, no, that's they, they at least put themselves out there. So they, they played and out of you know, and they were gonna play Baylor. So that not exactly they ducked anybody. They didn't hang out in the Pacific West and not play anybody. Well, let's shift gears a little, guys, because this is the time of year that coaches get fired, coaches start to get hired. Um they're willing to pay off $10 million to get rid of Archie Miller in Indiana. Uh, Rick Pitino uh, comes back from the grave practically and coaches Iona to the He does like ma- a vampire, doesn't he? Man, he and he says he's happy. If you can believe yeah. that, he says, oh, I'm yeah. happy just staying at Iona. Uh, I, I believe that yeah. for about 10 seconds. But And the day he got fired from Louisville, he said he'd never coach again. So how, we know how much his, his – veracity is oh go ahead i'm sorry Paul. so another thing is john beeline who was at michigan did really well before that west virginia and then he tried the nba just for a cup of coffee and 13 million dollars he has said that he's interested nice cup of coffee interested in coming back uh so the job at indiana seems to be the most attractive from a, a name recognition but boy there's a lot of baggage and a lot of boosters in indiana um, Ernest, who do you think is going to get the Indiana job? Do you really think Beeline would consider them or Minnesota? The rumor around nah. Ann Arbor is that John Beeline would go to Indiana to coach if he was asked. I don't know if they're going to be his their first choice, but you know, Drew, I think Scott Drew out in Baylor seems to be the number one uh, target for oh, Indiana. He's, he's not leaving. He's got a good thing going. Uh, the, they can roll out. Why would you go to again? Unless your last name is Knight, uh, you're you're not. Days of Indiana being that dominant a team, it, it just doesn't happen. It's sort of like Texas and football, huh? Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I, you know, I thought now I thought Miller in Indiana, and I thought Patino Junior at Minnesota both got run off pretty quickly i don't and i thought that four was years reaction. four years for archie miller he got run off quickly you need you need five years to get all your players in. i think i think they knew what they had they they declined the fifth year option thank you for playing well, we'll, see, ran, you. we'll see you next time well they ran off the last coaches at georgia now yeah i mean you got to give a guy more than, than four years. You got to give him five to get his recruits. But he's his. not even uh, what the guy up in Minnesota. He wasn't even five hundred uh, in in conference. He lost his team too. That was the big thing. Okay, and when's the last time Minnesota has been <laughs> dominant? I'll uh, tell you, nineteen seventy two. Since no, no. I was the only one alive at that time. The guy who was at Kentucky used to be coach at Kentucky and went to Minnesota. Um, Tubby Smith. Tubby Smith did no, pretty good oh, at. Or say, or yeah, Tubby, yeah, yeah. I like Tubby. Tubby. Tubby's a local guy. He's so give me a name, Ernest, going to Indiana. Any idea? <sighs> Boy, I mean, if they're smart, they'll go for a young assistant coach. Don't go. I mean, they've done retread the last two times, and they've gotten nowhere. I know they'd like to have an Indiana guy. Yeah, but but there's no one left over from the Knight regime. None of his assistants. They've all aged. Alfred out. is still out it's there. Still Dan Dockett. 
Dockage? <laughs> Dockage almost lost his job at ESPN this year. Perfect opportunity to pick something new up. Again, that's the mistake. Retreads. You, you, you're never going to get anywhere if you get the same old mistake. They need to bring in someone young. Someone. Mike Davis took him to the title game, and they fired him I know. in three Crazy. years. Crazy. I mean, the unrealistic expectations. And, you know, this year, when if Gonzaga wins it all and erases that 1976 team as the last undefeated team in Indiana, maybe that'll quell some fears and problems there in some respect. I, I don't – I would go for somebody, a name that you don't know of, some, some young recruit, some young coach that recruits real well. And uh, that's, that's who I would try and find that respect. But, no, retreads, it's the same. Now, Minnesota, I'd be happy to get anybody who wants that job. Paul, I'm going to ask you because you're you got your ear to the the ground. I guess is that is that the right term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dirty down there. What too. A, what what about uh, the Saint old Saint John's coach on uh, Michigan's bench? Does he want to? Does he want to? <laughs> He's like one day away from a heart attack. I hate to say it that way, but the dude is really pale and he's like. 100 pounds overweight. He can barely get up and down from the chair. Martelli. Uh, no, he's just enjoying uh, a second drink of coffee there. Okay. So there's a guy on the staff, uh, Washington, who's pretty good. Um, Shoddy Washington, something like that. He might be a good candidate. But Indiana's ego is going to get in the way on this one. I almost feel like totally. they should just go with Beeline for four years, get the program back in the right direction, and the Beeline's got a son who got sort of run off at Niagara because he was having an affair with a, a student, but he knows basketball. So I sort of like the idea of Beeline what? going to Indiana. Um, That's another old coach. I know, I, but at this yeah, point, they need somebody hear, proven to get the, – the, It's like um, They need a bridge coach. They need a bridge coach. I hear Mike Woodson is another rumor I've heard who used to coach the Knicks, but he was a pro coach. And, again, it's an Indiana guy. And I don't I – don't, like I said, but Chris Beard's not going to leave. He's not. He's not going to well, leave where he's anymore. At. I mean, that's why you them. want a young guy. Like besides Michigan. Indiana, Michigan football, toxic, toxic places, <laughs> places for coaches. What if said UCLA before this year? Yeah, UCLA basketball before Cronin went was not a good yeah. place where coaches went to die. I mean, or to get fired. Um, so where else? Texas football is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about yeah. other basketball? Nebraska, well, I was going to say Nebraska football. Yeah. Whew. Uh, we're not going to say Michigan football. Not not for respect of you, Paul. We're not going to say Michigan football. <laughs> I've heard worse. Uh, I've heard worse. Okay. Uh, I would say Michigan State football. I know I'm coming up with football more than basketball. Uh, Washington basketball has had problems. Arizona's about to. Arizona basketball. Uh, they've got to cut ties there. I know Bowling Green State University <laughs> basketball. Uh, they've they've had their run of coaches. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I wonder who went there. <laughs> uh, Dan Dockich, he was our coach for a while. Yeah, and Urban Meyer was a football coach there for a while. That's right. We 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 bred them. BC basketball. BC basketball. Is oh BC. yeah, that's that, scandals. That, yeah, I mean you've had enough gambling problems there in that respect uh well, georgetown's detroit detroit mercy oof. georgetown got to the tournament well, i mean give pat ewing they've had their they had their glory days but they've been sort of you know haven't reached those glory days for a long time so like st are, are we 
are we talking more fan base is is has uh, un unrealistic expectations? Yes, yes. Is that yeah. it? I don't think Georgetown's fan base because they never really filled the gym, even in the glory days. I mean, it's a very small private school. Maryland in that area has more Ooh. fans supporting it than they do. Women's basketball at Rutgers—that's that's a powerhouse. You don't want to mess uh, with. Yeah, Tennessee. So they've had some. They've had some problems. Tennessee's women's basketball has has fell off. Yeah. Quite a bit in that respect. Bowling uh, Green's women's <laughs> basketball has kind of fallen off a little bit, to be honest. Really wow, push your Falcons there, man. Uh, yeah, this is this is how they get my uh, they my money. I get them some airtime. All right. So if you guys could go to the final game this year, let's say you got you won the yeah. golden ticket, you know the, and you could go to the final game. Where would you want to sit if you had a choice of anywhere in the stadium, Ernest? I've been ruined by EA games all these years. I sit in the corner. I, I like, I really do like sitting in the corner about 10 rows up because you can see uh, post play uh, during the entire, it, it's kind of like having end zone seats in a hockey game. You can see so much that the camera doesn't show because you're going to have a, on the big board, you're going to have the half court shot. So I like to sit somewhere where I can see something beyond that and get a little, you know. So I, you know, again, in the corner, about ten rows up. That's my prefer- preferred seat mm. basketball game. Chris, what about you? Uh, the only reason I can say that I've had experience with this and why it's just a a totally different experience, and it's just so awesome, is my boss. When I was at Michigan, she used to give me her season tickets to women's basketball. And she had courtside center court and she, so she would give me her tickets if she couldn't go or whatever. And and it's just a different game being courtside, you know, sitting right, right on, on the court. You can see the sweat. It's so cool. It's, I mean, it's so cool. That's that's women. It might be close, but the women, I can understand. (laughs) It's, but it's still, it's so cool. And it's just, I don't know. It's a different experience. So if I had to, if I had to pick anywhere, I'd, I'd pick courtside. You know, the worst. And I've had these twice. Behind uh, um, Bobby the Knight, coach. behind coach K <laughs> behind Bobby Knight, behind coach K. I learned word combinations. I never knew existed. <laughs> Plus Bobby Knight was a big guy. He'd get up all the time and you'd miss most of the action so the worst seat is behind bobby uh, knight and coach k also i think uh behind uh juan howard would not be a good one either yeah but i'm sure his language is a little cleaner unless he's, he's a little tall maryland. though you're not unless seeing over him. maryland unless they're playing maryland i mean that would be the problem <sighs> in that respect so we have a little break now from the men's action the women are playing right now and uh I watch it a little bit. No spoilers, please. No spoilers, I won't please. Spoil it. But besides basketball, <laughs> what are you guys watching these days? I'll start it off. I started to watch uh, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, and I'd heard some good things about it. And I watched the pilot, and I watched that and thought, I know all the plots already. If they just made it so plain how it was going to play out, I think they were setting up the rest of it. Um, so I was a little disappointed that I could predict it. And then I saw the first episode of Picard because we got Paramount Plus now. And I thought that was a little more interesting because of the, I'm a fan of Star Trek and though I won't spoil it, but there's sort of a reincarnation or legacy thing going on there. What? Yeah. And so I was more interested in that. Uh, and that just makes me a Trekkie, I guess. So 
Ernest, what are you watching besides basketball these days? Other than sports? Because, you know, I'm watching college football. I'm watching FCS football. I'm watching spring baseball, which is a joke because they're playing for ties and they're only playing in seven innings. And when they hit 35 pitches, they just walk off the field. I mean, it's but, – but now, uh, entertainment-wise, I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League and was blown away. Four and a half hours long. It is fantastic. Now, why is it they fantastic? I mean, it's the same movie they, you saw they, before, right? No, it's not the same movie. It is entirely It different. doesn't end the same? No, it does not end the same. Well, spoiler alert. Hello. Spoiler alert. Drastically different. Drastic, and they took all the silly jokes out of the first one. It's much more serious, much more dark, and uh, they managed to add. I don't. Okay, here's your spoiler alert. Oh, jeez. There's a lot more characters. You got the Martian Manhunter. You got the Green Lantern. You have the Joker. You have Deathstroke. You have Lex Luthor. You Ryan have all Reynolds these comes back characters. as the Green Lantern. Not that Lean Land. The the original Green Lantern. Oh. The, the the alien guy. Oh. They couldn't afford. They couldn't afford. No, no they couldn't. Even. But it's, it's, uh, it's much more darker, and it's much more. Well, more time is spent on the origin of the Flash, and uh, Cyborg. So I, I enjoyed it. Again, it's four and a half hours long. If you enjoyed the Irishman, you'll enjoy it. But it's broken down into, <laughs> it's broken down to eight segments. So it's like a mini series. So it's, so it's. Eight half hour series, yeah. So it's, eight so it's like a okay, just it's like eight half hour. Sure. Okay, just and I sure. watched the first episode of uh, Captain uh, the you know, new Captain America series. Oh, uh, Falcon and Winter the, Soldier. Yes, yes, and that was first better episode than Wonder Vision. Very, very well done. Uh, yes, much better, much better. To me, it was. It was more reality based. No witches, no all that kind of stuff. Mm. Whoa, spoiler yeah. alert. Hello. Sorry, sorry. It's hard to not do that. There are There's three great segments in Justice League, and they're not spoiling it. One is uh, when the Flash saves his girlfriend, and he goes through glass by vibrating it. The next is when Superman shows up for the big fight at the... Uh, because in the, the original version, it goes, I'm a big believer in truth and honesty in the American way. Well, they ditch that. And this guy comes with an axe and is trying to kill a cyborg. And he shows up and shatters it and goes, not impressed. <laughs> and then there's a segment that which would have been the second, third movie uh, with the Joker in it. But it's just, it's well crafted. It's well done. Who plays done. the Joker in it, that? It, Jared Leto. Oh, that's right. Who was the yeah. Joker? And yeah, Jared Leto. They paid him all that money. They were like, "We're we're using you." Yeah, we're gonna use it. It's just to me, most of DC movies were trying to mimic the success in Marvel. This movie tried to be a DC movie on its own. I guess that's the best way of summarizing it. Mm. Chris, what have you been watching? Oh, uh, this is. Uh, I'm gonna go complete opposite. Doc from, McStuffins. Uh, uh, Peppa Pig. No, so I've been, I've been. Well, I've been, I have been watching a lot of uh, Toy Story, but um, I no just spoilers. finished the Blacklist. Okay, and that was fantastic. And then every week, my wife and I we cook uh, Cachoe Pepe, 
which is an Italian dish. It's basically macaroni and cheese with uh, pepper on it, but it's we make homemade pasta and it's Ooh. it's uh, it's good cheese. Thought, anyway, we watched we watched this. Gia de Laurentiis was an Italian dish. She is. She uh, is. Bum, she is. Uh, but we watched we watched this thing on CNN. It's called uh, touring or finding finding Italy or something like that. And so basically, this guy goes Stanley to all twenty Tucci. different. Yeah, Stanley Tucci guy. finding 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 uh, Italy. So yeah, I think we're on five or six, and they were. It's it's a lot of fun. So, Chris, do you know who Stanley Tucci is? Uh, I hear he's an actor. Because they keep saying you didn't see Captain America, or Hunger Games, or the uh, Devil Wears you know, Prada. I know I've seen Devil Wears Prada. I've seen Hunger Games. Uh, you didn't see Captain America. I think I have the very he's, the very first one. Yes, he's the yeah, German, he's one. the scientist that creates him, the German scientist that oh okay injects him with the super serum. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Okay, it's been a while. I've been busy watching uh, Toy Pig. Story three. No, no we, spoilers. No spoilers. We're anti Peppa Peppa Pig in this house. <laughs> she's a commu- She's a communist. <laughs> you have vegan. You have vegan. I don't know Peppa Pig. You know she might be a spy. She squeals a lot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. I actually, I've never seen Peppa Pig. Oh. Uh, we watch a lot. We watch a lot of uh, on the weekends. If, if we're watching TV, we watch. Uh, Elmo or Sesame Street, and then uh, there's this one. It's like um, it's, it's Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, kind of remade into a cartoon. I forget what it's called. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Tiger's, Tiger's Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. All right, guys, we're going to start wrapping up with our good two, three, four minutes. It depends who's talking. Ernest, your good final words. Well, this means Chris only gets one minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a Nate Moyer here, okay? Uh, this is a sad moment. I had the opportunity. I was a grip for a friend of mine who was working for Cablevision and filming a uh, Hornets Clippers game many years ago. And I got an opportunity to meet Bill Walton, the Conference of Champions, and I got his autograph, got to speak with him. But I also got to meet with the man who was a legend from my childhood, who was very kind and very generous with this crazy white boy that he met in the hallways after a basketball game. But Elgin Baylor was a gentleman to me. That time he was the general manager of the Clippers and he passed away. Now, probably one of the most underrated of the greatest 50 players of the NBA, probably top 20, but his significance is he changed basketball from a horizontal game to a vertical game. And what we enjoy in seeing in Dr. J and Michael Jordan and LeBron and so many high flyers, the first guy to really fly and dunk that was not over seven foot was Elgin Baylor. And the severe knee injury robbed him from a championship in 1972. He had to retire 24 games into the season. The Lakers went on to win the uh, championship that year. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of his uh, history is based on being a general manager with the Clippers, which would taint anybody, especially Donald Sterling. But it is, uh, again, uh, another one of the heroes of my childhood passing away as I enter the last chapter of my life. Now, Chris will bring you something enlightening and uh, a little bit more. Well, before that, uh, Ernest, who would you compare Elgin Baylor today to so that the current listeners say, oh, he would be like – who? 
or the current guest host or, <laughs> or current guest host. Um, <laughs> he was the guy who operated above the rim so a little bit of dr j dr j i guess goes back a lot of michael jordan david thompson they all go back to him high flyers nowadays guys just just dunk but he was creative to the extent that he could pass he could rebound Russell westbrook he had a well, yeah, taller West Westbrook. Let me give you a, a quick, quick number that'll blow. I like. Your mind. I do like how his comparison was Dr. J, and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a recent player. Congratulations. <laughs> well, yeah. well, thank you, Michael Jordan too. <laughs> okay. In 1962, Elgin Baylor averaged 28 points, 22 rebounds a game, and six assists, and could only play on weekends. Could not practice during the week. Because he was active in the reserves for the U.S. Army. What? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, again, he served the military. And uh, it, really, I mean, it's hard to compare him because he was the forerunner of all high flyers. So there really isn't – you can't – you almost taint his image by comparing him to anybody playing in the NBA today. Vince Carter, Kobe, <laughs> we, Kobe, Vince Carter. <laughs> we want to find somebody. You can't, you can't, you can't, Kobe, you can't, you can't compare if, to anyone. Kobe, Kobe Vince if, Carter. <laughs> we weren't uh, listening. He played, were we? defense. He played no. defense. He played oh, defense. Well. He played defense. He averaged 22 rebounds a game. He I dominated. Mean, that's just it. Shaquille. Well, no, because he could dribble and he could pass and he didn't stick in the lane all the time and he didn't make bad Joker. Court. Joker. <laughs> oh. Ooh. He's not a, a bucket right, right now. A smaller, yeah, it's he's not going to work, Chris. Chris, just take your – there, there is nobody yeah, like him. There really he is. was one of a kind. and Everybody is. Go ahead, Chris. Um, she will never hear this because she's not a, an avid listener to the podcast. But uh, I want to just give a huge shout out to my wife. All right. She she's just balling out lately. She's got a new new job that she's got uh, going. You know, we've got a new house that we're going to be moving in. She's she's a killer mom, a killer wife. So she's just she's just awesome. So just a shout out to her. You said killer never a lot. here, so you basically wasted that. Right? <laughs> that's that's no, all right. no. Hopefully I'll send a clip to her. This. So just <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Chris must be in the doghouse bad. So, that's all I got. So to say. No, no, no doghouse. Kind of, obviously, Chris wants to purchase something of major financial interest. <laughs> I've already purchased something of major financial. The house. This, oh, this, oh, this oh, house. You, you're under the illusion that it's your house. I got <laughs> no. news for you, buddy. Row that ain't. Oh, your house. hey, it's it's you're darn right. It's not my house because. I'm no longer the – I haven't been the breadwinner in this house for a long time. It's her house, her money, her rules. I just, I'm just i just grateful to be here. Uh, You're a kept man, right? Oh, very much so. Okay. All right. I don't know if you're even familiar with that expression. But All ahead. right. So if, if Chris is going there, I'm going to go full out. Thank you to my wife. We've been married 33 years this Friday. Um, we're going to go away for a little weekend just to chill out and relax. And it's amazing that we still put each other, put up with each other after 33 years, and um, you know it's it's really been great. Every year has its challenges, but uh, we keep going. And Ernest, you've been married longer than that, right? Yes, uh, be coming up on 42 years in June. Wow! Now you know how much a Saint Wanda is. 
by the way, all you burglars who listen to this podcast, Paul will be gone for the week. Please so take it all. I'll buy plan. new stuff. Go ahead. Take it. We'll get Chris's wife to buy the new stuff. That's right. All right, folks. You've heard another podcast from Pardon the Confusion. Once again, we had some confusion. We had some fun. If you have some comments, email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. I'll answer right back. If you have some suggestions of what we should be doing next, we'll even take that too. You can listen to us on sportscountry.net. We're on there three or four times a week. And give a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher or any podcast um, medium that you use. We're on most of them. So for Ernest Watts and Chris Daniel, have a great night. 